Chapter 19 of Ayikra begins, Ve'idaber Hashem HaMoshe Reymar, Daber al-Koradat B'nei Yisrael V'yamartarehem, Kedoshim Tiyu, Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elohechem. God said to Moshe, Speak to the whole Israelite community, Koradat B'nei Yisrael, Say to them, Kedoshim Tiyu, You shall be holy. For I, God says, am holy. Moshe is told to speak to the entire congregation, which immediately sets up this following chapter as one of great significance. This has a name in the, um, among Bible scholars, they call this part of the holiness code, Kedoshim. And it contains in the ensuing verses many different kinds of rules and laws, uh, a significant uh, proportion of which deal with what we call mitzvot ben adam ro, interpersonal relationships, the one, uh, the way one should deal with the other person. For example, uh, verse eleven talks about do not steal or tignovu, do not deal deceitfully, do not lie. Uh, the previous verses talk about leaving a portion of your uh, land to the poor. Uh, later on, uh, do not uh, defraud your fellow, tashoket reacha, do not steal, or tigzol, take by force, pay your, pay your laborers on time, or talin do not delay the wages of your worker, etc. So a, a good proportion of chapter 19 deals with what we would call mitzvot be'adam l'chavero, and that would appear when one reads the chapter, to be part and parcel of what it means, Kadoshim to you, to be a holy people, a separate people, separate code of conduct, and a big part of that is the way one deals with the other person. Having said all that, it's interesting to note that two of the great medieval exegetes, that is Rashi and the Ramban, put a bit of a different focus on the chapter. Rashi understands Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. What does that mean, you shall be holy? Rashi connects it to the previous chapter. The previous chapter consists largely of a list of forbidden relationships. Both chapter 18 and 20 uh, have such a list. And for Rashi, Kedoshim to you <coughs> has to do with, one might say, setting a fence around the Torah. That is to say that in the rabbinic tradition, uh, in order to avoid uh, violating uh, a prohibition, so the tradition sets up other restrictions which hopefully prevent one from violating the main restriction. So in other words, in the case of forbidden relationships, of course, those are forbidden, sleeping with a, for, a forbidden relative, etc., a married woman, etc. Um, but there are ways to safeguard against that, not to get too close, not to be alone with. And those kind of things for Rashi, generally speaking, would fall under, as Rashi understands it, Kedoshim Tiyu. So Rashi connects the beginning of chapter 19 with chapter 18, with the previous chapter, as Rashi often does. Rashi, in general is interested in understanding the conceptual links 
between the different pieces of the Torah, what comes prior and what comes after. The Ramban, Nachmanides, famously, disagrees with Rashi. The Ramban argues that Kedoshim to you is a more general obligation, not limited to what precedes in the previous chapter, but is a general proposition. Live the holy life. Be a holy person. Be a holy people. That is, for Nachmanides, not limited to any particular commandment. In fact, in a certain sense, it's a separate commandment. In other words, there are many commandments in the Torah, positive, negative, and those, of course, for Ramban are, uh, are of course, uh, he accepts that as a commandment, and they are obligatory. But beyond that, says the Ramban, there's an additional commandment beyond it to live the holy life. Now the question for the Ramban is, what does it mean to live the holy life? I would say that in general it's a good question. Holiness seems to be a good thing, central to not only the Jewish religion, but to other religions as well. Then the question is the definition of what it means to be a holy person. So the Ramban wrestles with this, and the Ramban searches for a paradigm uh, of what it where does the Torah set up somebody who is holy? And very surprisingly, the, in the Rabban's commentary, he points us in the direction of the Nazarite, which is chapter 6 of the book of Bamidbar. And the Ramban says that the Torah calls the Nazarite holy, which it certainly does in chapter 6 of the next book, of the book of Bamidbar. So the Ramban says, what is holy about the Nazarite? The Nazarite is holy... And part of the holiness of the Nazarite is the Nazarite is limiting himself or herself beyond what the Torah normally demands of every Jew. There are additional commandments, there are additional prohibitions, largely prohibitions, not to cut the hair of the Nazarite, not to come in contact with the dead, not to drink wine, intoxicating beverage. So these are additional restrictions. Now, there's going beyond the law and limiting oneself. There is an ascetic element here as well. So for the Ramban, that's part and parcel of what it means to be Kadosh. The Ramban gives another example of drinking excessively, and the reverse is in the, in the other writings, in the Ketuvim, of not to drink too much, etc., and even in the parasha later on of the Ben Soreu Moreh, the wayward child, uh, there it talks about the parents complaining that our child is a drunken and a, a, and a glutton, zoel v'sove. So the Ramban points us actually towards non-Torah verses, towards other parts of the Bible. And from this he is telling us that we should attempt to derive from other parts of the Bible, perhaps from the narratives as well. The narratives for the Ramban are centrally important. And from all of that we can try to figure out what it means to be Kadosh. For Rashi, Rashi seems to have a different approach, which is Kadusha basically for Rashi is a function of the mitzvot that we are commanded. We have to be careful that we do all the mitzvot, we don't violate the negative commandments, we do the positive commandments, but fundamentally the guidelines are the mitzvot. For Rashi, in fact, in his interpretation in the parsha of the Nazir, 
argue that the Nazir actually has a sinful side. The Nazir goes beyond what is required of every person. Why do you forbid yourself in things that are permissible? So Rashi's opinion fundamentally, and this comes through in many places this in, in his commentary on the Torah, that fundamentally do what the Torah tells you to do. The Ramban is quite different. And this manifests itself in actually in several places in their respective commentaries. And I may have mentioned this earlier, but the one place where it's very striking, there are several places, but one of the places that is very striking is what Rashi says in the book of Exodus. Rashi makes the claim in the book of Exodus, as Rashi often does, that the Torah is not written in chronological order. There is an order to the Torah, no doubt, but not chronological. So Rashi argues that the story of the building of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, says Rashi, came, the instructions to build the Mishkan came after the incident of the golden calf. In the Torah, in the Torah that we read, the instructions to build the Mishkan come before the golden calf. The instructions are in chapter 25, beginning in chapter 25, the golden calf is 32. The building begins in 35 and concludes the book of Exodus. So Rashi says that's not in order. Were there not a golden calf, were there not an express need for some physical, material symbol, representation of God, connection to God, there wouldn't be needs for a Mishkan. But after the golden calf, it became obvious that the people need some physical representation. Now, if, the, if according to Rashi, if you accept this, then fundamentally the Torah should have ended before the instructions of the Mishkan which we chapter 24. Chapter 24 is where the people say, Nasev after Moshe comes down the mountain, reads them the Book of the Covenant, which completes the uh, experience at Mount Sinai, Matan Torah, Nasev That's where the book would have, should have ended, says Rashi. That's the goal. The goal is to stand at Sinai and to receive the Torah. So the Ramban rejects that. The Ramban says the reception of the Torah, the commandments are necessary, no doubt, but not sufficient. They are necessary, but the goal is not receiving the Torah. The goal is Kedusha. The goal is sanctity. And the book ends, says Nachmanides, with the construction of a mikdash, of a sacred space. After all, says the Ramban, before the Jews receive the Torah and stand at Sinai in chapter 20, we have chapter 19, where God says, you will be for me a nation of priests and a holy nation. The book of Ayikra is all about holiness. So for the Ramban, Kedoshim Tiyu is not actually related to what comes before and not primarily related to what comes afterwards. Although, of course, the Ramban fully subscribes, obviously, to what comes afterwards as central. But that's the minimal standard. That's not Kedoshim Tiyu. That's not our aspiration. The aspiration of Kedoshim Tiyu is to go beyond the 613 commandments, to go beyond Sinai. The ultimate goal is to be a holy people and a holy person. Now, for the Ramban, of course, it's much more amorphous. For Rashi, it's more spelled out. Of course, even for Rashi, the commandments require understanding and interpretation. But for the Ramban... It's more amorphous. That's part of the challenge, is to consider always whether our behavior moves us towards Kedusha or not. 
That for the Ramban is the commandment to everybody. Kol adat b'nei Yisrael, kadoshim to you.